Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 204. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Heyo, Fire Nation. We're going to give a quick thanks to our sponsors, LegalZoom and Ting. LegalZoom will protect your business. So go check out LegalZoom.com. You can find the services right for you and enter the code FIRE in the referral box at checkout for some pretty sweet savings. In Fire Nation, do you think it's impossible to find a cell phone service that doesn't charge overage fees or penalties? Oh, it's possible. Ting offers plans where you simply pay for what you use. It's that simple. Visit fire.ting.com and receive a $25 credit today. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Josh Ledgard. Josh, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. I am excited. All right. Josh is the co-founder of Kickoff Labs. They make online lead generation and landing pages simple for anyone. He's a husband and father who left a job leading an engineering team to start this business when his oldest was just one. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Josh, but take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. And then take another minute and tell us about your business. I guess I'm, I'm kind of a cliche. I had my first uh, my first job out of college was a was a great job at Microsoft. Uh, my parents were uh, ever so proud, um, and I worked there and, and learned a lot for a few years. But after a while, I started to look around and and see what it was taking people to have you know real success at Microsoft and really kind of move up and, and make a bigger difference uh, than the little silo that you could be in charge of as a individual employee. And it just it wasn't for me, the, the life that they had to live to do it. And so I figured, that, well, got to move smaller. So I moved to a, uh, a smaller uh, company. It was a great company building uh, social software for Fortune 500 customers and uh, you know, got to build stuff used by you know, Dell, Intel, um, even Microsoft itself. Um, had a great chance there to lead the engineering team and work really closely with marketing and sales. But you know, after a while, the culture of that company changed. They changed the leadership, and it started to cause a lot of friction. So uh, I remember one night I was talking to my wife about work. Um, I wasn't even that angry about it, but I must have been fired up about something because the way I was talking, uh, my son was one at the time, and he just started to cry at the dinner table. And I, I knew right then that you know I, it wasn't just going smaller was my answer, that the only way I was going to be able to you know, define my own rules in terms of how I wanted to live, how I wanted things to be for my family was to, was to start my own business. And I was going to have to, and especially if I wanted to get to that point quickly and not wait until you know, my kids were too old to spend time with <laughs> anymore. And, uh, and that's what really motivated me to start, uh, start Kickoff Labs. Um, and uh, you know, Kickoff Labs, the business, really started uh, my uh, co-founder and I, um, you know, we had, you know, 20 ideas. I think all 20 ideas were great. We narrowed that down to five. We did a bunch of business plans for it, uh, each of the five. And you know, it just hit us that um, we were just guessing. I mean, you could put a business plan together with numbers, uh, as you know, that makes anything look good. But what really mattered to us was were people willing to you know, put their name on the line and say, hey, yeah, I'm interested in this idea. Send me email updates about it. And so we did the we, and then we thought, we said, well, why don't we just build a product that makes that easy um, and build landing pages 
And then, you know, worst case scenario, we've, we've built a product that helps us figure out what our next idea is. And, you know, here we are, uh, here we are, you know, a couple years later, uh, it's, uh, it'll be, uh, two years after we, after we launched, uh, in, in July. And, uh, you know, we haven't looked back at those other business plans and those other ideas yet. <laughs> well, I love this story so far, Josh, because it's just that classic entrepreneurial aha moment when you were at the dinner table and you realize, you know what? I'm not going to be truly happy or satisfied until I just strike it out on my own and start calling all the shots. And then when it came down to culling down your ideas from 20 to 5, you're just going through that process. You're coming up against obstacles and challenges you're trying to solve. And then one of those obstacles and challenges you decided to solve with a product and or service. And it's been going great ever since. So that's just a great story to start to show off. But being an entrepreneur and fire listener, Josh, you know how we start off every show here with a motivational quote to get that ball rolling. So take it away. I'm an engineer by trade, so I'm, I'm naturally kind of a kind of a geeky guy. So I'm going to go with uh, with with Yoda and say, uh, "Do or do not. There is no try." Um, and to me, I, I guess that means that means two things. I mean, people. Um, you know, you know, you 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 talk about it. You you dove headfirst. You said, "I'm going to do this. And I'm really going to do it. I'm not going to try building a podcast. I'm not going to try and do it. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to build it. And I'm just going to be daily." And it means, you know, the the same thing to me. Um, I know some people that can start a business on the side of a day job, but I've never been a day job type of person. If I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it right. I don't just want to try it. And then, you know, we've entered this age of you know lean startups being really popular, and I feel like. Some of the things that people do to get an MVP out there, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they um, they do things in a way that you know they're just sort of trying it, and I feel like that skews their results. And I think the concept of the lean startup is not to do things poorly; it's to do thing do just a smaller number of things, but to do them really well. And so I I try and remember that as we test things, as we work on new features, as we work on you know new marketing. Is is you know. You can't just test an idea. You have to actually be bought into it and say, we're going to give this experiment everything we've got because otherwise the results, you're going to predict the results ahead of time if you're just trying. Absolutely, Josh. And we've been fortunate enough to have Eric Reese on the show. He was a great guest, a great interviewee, really inspired a lot of people with his MVP, that minimally viable product that he talks about. And it's really more from his perspective about getting customer feedback because you really need to focus on that product, on that service and make it as good as it can be, but then get it out there and get that feedback so you can improve what you believe in. So it definitely goes along with the lines of what you're saying to have that passion, that drive and belief in what you're creating, but to be open to that initial customer feedback. And the earlier you can get that feedback, the better because that's your target market. That's who you're making, creating this product for. Exactly. So Josh, let's transition now into our first real topic, which is failure, which is despair, challenges, obstacles that entrepreneurs face every single day throughout their journey because life as an entrepreneur is a roller coaster. But take us back to a time in your journey when you failed, when you just came up against this obstacle that you had to dig deep to overcome. And how did you overcome this? When we launched, it had taken us about it was about six months since I quit quit my job, and and uh, I built up. I was planning for it. I was I'm kind of a planner. I'm not you know the there was this model risk taker, 
Um, and I'd built up about a year of you know savings, you know things I could live off of with, with my wife working as well for a year. Um, and every one of those six months leading up to the the launch of the product, you know, I was watching that that savings that we built up just dwindle. I was essentially writing a check back. Literally, I was literally writing a check back um, to my, to my wife and. Every month, and I was watching that savings dwindle, and I was, you know, feeling like a moocher um, <clears throat> on my family, like I wasn't pulling my weight. And uh, then we launched, and you always think, uh, um, you always think, like, oh, that's going to be it. That's going to be it's going to be all all uphill for, from here as you have any sort of accomplishment. And then uh, you had Dan Andrews on the show I listened to last week, and he said, nope, that was just Wednesday. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> It, it didn't turn out to be any any different um, any different any other day. The first month, now going into month seven of, of savings, uh, the business had made ten dollars, um, and it was kind of depressing to look at it. And I mean, you know, as an internet business, we don't have that many costs, but still, you, to only make ten dollars in a month is uh, was really de- was really depressing. And my co- I emailed my or I am my co-founder because he's located in New Jersey and I'm in Seattle, and I said, so you know, what are you going to do with your five dollars next month? <laughs> And he said, "Subway, uh, baby." <laughs> he said, "Hookers and Coke." And I said, <laughs> "I said you've got to change your standards." <laughs> well, there is Atlantic City. You got to remember. I, I, yeah, I suppose there is Atlantic City nearby, so maybe the, the standards are different uh, over there. Um, and it's it good. You need to laugh uh, as as an, as an entrepreneur, and because uh, you're going to have you know tough times, and it's yeah. good to have somebody to, to laugh with. Um, and just made us realize that you know the. As you know, we're both engineer type people that you know the, the if you build it, they will come mantra only works in fantasy movies about baseball. It does not <laughs> does not work in uh, in just about any other line of uh, of business that I found. And and marketing was you know something that we had to learn, and we had to, and we're still learning you know how to how to do it properly. Despite building a company which is essentially based on helping people with their marketing, I learn all the time from our customers. I watch what they do with their landing pages. I watch the copy they write. I see what works. I see what, what doesn't work. I watch the campaigns they run. And, and just as we've watched, you know, literally learning from our customers using the product that we built, is, it's helped us build the business from, from there on. And then it, it's just, it was just the tenacity to just keep going and, and focus on momentum more than you know, results. And so the next month was was I think around $250. But hey, that was 25 times better than the previous month. <laughs> and you just focus on that and you say, you know, hey, if we could if we go up 25 times each month, it's not going to take long or we're happy and you know, things didn't quite go up at that rate, but um, but the, the point was just that, you know, the, the the keep keep going at it, keep supporting customers, keeping making folks happy, keep learning and trying new things every every month and uh, uh, and and it uh, it's built the business. Share with Fire Nation one clear lesson that you learned from this experience. It's something that's been reinforced that I learned a long time ago um, as, we've, as we've built the product and we've watched people go through the products. They're very into to metrics and, and measuring the results. Is how important the first few minutes, even the first 30 seconds or minute of somebody's product experience was. Um, I was involved, uh, fortunate enough, at Microsoft with a lot of opportunity. I was involved in a a usability study um, of an application we were working on. And the study basically, all it did was, in one version of the product, it added um, five seconds to the startup time of the product. And in the other version, it started up you know, five sec- seconds quicker. But the rest of the hour-long usability test was the exact same product. And everybody came away, they had to complete tasks, and everybody came away that was in that first, you know, where the, where the product launched at the first, you know, click on this, open the product first. 
was five seconds slower, their impressions of the product was significantly lower. They felt the whole product was slower. They said it, it lags when I type. They had these quotes like it lags when I type. It doesn't keep up with me. And it's just it was just amazing to see how powerful that first impression is on people's psyche. Um, and there, and and so I realized, you know, when you when you take that and you apply it to, you know, what you're doing as a business, trying to get people to to buy something online or to get people, in our case, to subscribe to our service, um, you know, how important the firsts are, the first five seconds when somebody's on your site, what kind of trust do they get, the first 25 seconds that suck people in, the longer form content, is this really for me? Like, what else do I do? They need to know the first. 30 seconds around registration. Do you make it easy? Is it simple? What's the call to, to action for people? You know, that first minute when they're orientating themselves around your product and for a physical product, it might be, you know, the unboxing or something. And then, um, you know, the next two minutes where somebody starts using the product and, and in that last minute, you want to, you want them to have an epiphany. It's like, man, without this product, I would have to and insert whatever problem you're solving or, you know, whatever you're making easier for, for your customer. And if you can get more people through that first five minutes and make them come to that realization that, hey, this is doing something magical, or to me it's ma- it looks like magic, and it would have been really hard, you're going to be much better off um, down the road, which is why you know, we track our sales funnel, but we track this funnel the first five minutes because I, I realized from that study like how important those first impressions are that people have. And even those first you know, five seconds of the impression that people have um, when they come and they visit and they learn about what you're doing all the way through, you know, being, you know, customer advocates for you and helping, uh, helping other people there. If the first five seconds is better, two months later, they're going to tell their friends about it. And it's, it's just amazing how real that, that is. These are just great insights because I just got back from social media marketing world that was out in San Diego and the keynote speaker there was a woman by the name of Sally Hogshead. And she literally has just been named to the Hall of Fame from the Speakers Bureau. She has an amazing stage presence, but more importantly, she had an amazing message. She was talking about her book and really her message throughout that book more specifically, which is Fascinate. And her theme over and over again throughout this speech she gave was, you have nine seconds to potentially fascinate somebody and then it's over. You've either fascinated them or you haven't. So that really goes along with what you're saying. Within that first five to 10 seconds of somebody's experience with a product or a service, their mind has been made up, whether they're going to be fascinated or whether they're going to be the opposite of which, which is not really appealing. So Really cool insights, Josh. I really just enjoyed hearing that engineer metrics. That's something that's so valuable, so important, because sometimes just little tweaks, like making your website a little faster load, like having that last call to action can be so powerful to the bottom line. And let's use that to segue to the next topic, which is the other end of the spectrum from failure, from obstacles and challenges and despair. And that's the aha moment, that light bulb that just comes on when you say, wow, this is really my authentic self. This is what I want to create and share with the world. Share with us your aha moment, Josh, and how you turned that moment into success. I think I have lots of little aha moments. And I think to, to me, um, I've always been the kind of person that likes, um, that likes taking um, pieces of maybe what appear to be you know disconnected solutions or, or disconnected uh, technology and being able to reuse it in, in different ways. You know, I've always been a kind of person that likes 
um, solving puzzles. Um, yeah. I'm a little bit indifferent on in, in what the puzzle is, um, but being able to, to say, hey, talk to, to listen to a bunch of people and say, hey, I'm having this problem. And I said, well, I know this solution over here can help you with this. I know this over here can help you with that. And be able to put that stuff together in a way that really changes you know, their business and their approach is, is just something that I, I really, uh, I really in, enjoy doing. And so that helps put me in the frame of mind for you know, our product um, is really, uh, is really we, we take a, a bunch of pieces that you can get individually in different places, but we try and put it together in a package that's, that's unique and an offering that you know, helps people not have to worry about you know, three other different services they're using. And we'll, we'll try and put it together just to make things simple for them because you know, I know, I mean, running the business, there's so many other challenges people have to deal with. And so if we can save them, save them a couple hours a month, that's going to be worth the cost for them. So once you had this aha moment, Josh, what were your direct actions to put it into place? I mean, it's really just taking that and just, you know, building piece by piece of it. And it's hard because, you know, you want to be lean. You only want to build certain, certain amounts of it. So basically we had this, because my idea was a combination of things or, you know, between my co-founder and I, it was a combination of things we wanted to do. And so we said, okay, well, what is the, the core? Let's build that. Let's get that out in the market and then let's start, you know, asking people. We we did have a list of like ten more things we thought were really important to do. Um, and but instead of doing them, talking to the customers and just sort of hearing just over and over again, um, what was the next thing to do? What was the next thing to do? So one of the concrete things we did at that stage was um, everybody that signed up uh, for the first thousand people of people that signed up for a free account on our service. Um, I emailed them personally, and and I didn't just send them, you know, a, a template email. I'd look them up. I'd look what they did at our product. If they entered their business name in or started to put some copy down, I'd speak to that copy. I'd offer them a tip and say, hey, you know, you might be better off if you set it this way or if you change the call to action this or if you change this headline and really personalize those emails because what I wanted was the response and to start a conversation with those thousand people to say, you know, what would help you do more, right? I've given you some tips, but what do you really need next? Um, and when you started to hear, you know, when you start to hear consistent answers, you say, oh, yeah, email. We should do that next. Like, that's the next thing. Once somebody grabs a customer's email address, they want to be able to email them. Um, and, and, you know, we, had, we could have assumed that, but we would have assumed that along with maybe eight other things. And, but to hear that from those personal conversations uh, really set the product direction, direction for us in terms of, in terms of what, uh, what we were doing. And that just continues with the theme here because their first interaction now with Kickoff Labs with you was a positive one, was of somebody that really cared enough to take the time to write them a personal email. And so going forward, that's their impression of you. You fascinated them with step one. And from that point forward, you can do no wrong. And that's really important. I tell people it's not just important for setting, you know, you could have a vision and exactly what you want to do. And you could be one of those people that believes, um, you know, that the customer doesn't ever know what they want. How You can't listen to them. Um, you could be that, but you still have to form those, those, those evangelists. And those first thousand people, they've helped us with case studies. They've helped us with customer quotes. They've evangelized the product out there for us in a way that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't reached out personally. And we still do this. We're at the volume where we can't. Uh, I'm not emailing everybody personally, but I take that same amount of time that I was spending it at that point, and I'm still applying that towards emailing a lot of our customers that you know look interesting, that get a lot of views, and say, hey, how can I help them be even even more successful? And and it's and it still pays off. We still get case studies, we still get quotes. They still tell other people 
um, about about the service um, from from doing that. And when you start to think about it, it's very anti, you know, the engineer mind in me. Um, you just want to go build, you know, more stuff. But if I had a choice between, you know, building something and and learning something from a customer that's gonna, you know, make them happier and and make us happier, you're probably always better off spending that time with the customer. Powerful stuff, Josh. And since you're an Entrepreneur on Fire listener, loyal Fire Nation member, I know I'm not going to catch you off guard with this next question, as I catch many of my guests off guard. But still, have you had an I've made it moment? I'm one of the people that's in the, uh, I have lots of lots of little ones, really, because I like to, to celebrate, like I said, celebrating progress. Um, is when I started looking at the numbers um, and realizing that, uh, that the business was bringing in enough money that I was no longer mooching off my wife um, and I wasn't dwindling our savings account. Um, that was a, that was a big, you know, okay, we've made it, got this far, you know, the rest is still going to be challenging, but you know, I'm no longer, I'm no longer a moocher for off my family. Um, and then recently, uh, you know, we passed uh, 1 million leads generated for our customers. So that means we've helped businesses discover one point, you know, nearly 1.5 now a million new, uh, new customers for themselves and to me, that's that's making a real impact on those businesses' bottom line. That's making a real impact. And so, you know, there's that personal side of like, yeah, the revenue grows, and, and when I look at it, it feels like a real business because um, it is a real business now. And and uh, and it, um, from the customer side, you know, looking at how they're using and being successful with the product, and I see those numbers. I say, wow, you know, 1.5 million of anything where people have to type in an email address and a name into a form. That's, that's a lot of connections to, to be made. That's, you know, in, in a relatively short amount of time because, you know, that first few months there, there certainly weren't building up to 1.5, uh, you know, million. And so, uh, and so seeing that real impact is, is another, uh, is another I've made it moment. So Josh, let's talk about your current business right now. What is one thing that's just really exciting you about kickoff labs? You sort of heard from me earlier when I kind of gave the, the story. One of my big things was I, I kept wanting to to learn, um, you know, and, and I left opportunities if I didn't feel like I was learning enough or was getting frustrated in, in one place. And so, you know, the, that's the nice thing about having your own business is it's constantly a chance to to learn. And so right now, you know, we're at the stage, you know, of, of our product where, you know, Scott and I, we, we've built a business where... Um, it's, it's a, it's a good business and we've built good jobs for ourselves and we've got, you know, some contractors that do work with us, but we're at the point now where, you know, we're, we're really close to needing to scale up to some more, you know, regular employees to really, you know, start systemize, even systemizing the business more, you know, automating the business more work. And then, and that's just an exciting opportunity to learn. It's like, okay, we have to, you know, grow our own team. We have to, you know, add people. And I know it's exciting for me because I'll get to learn. It's exciting for me because I know, if we do that, we'll be we'll create even better customer experiences because I know there's people you know better at design than myself. I know there's people better at you know writing copy than myself. So when people are writing, giving tips to those customers, I know I can find somebody that can give customers an even better personal message than I'm giving them. Um, and and so to me, that's really exciting to start you know scaling the scaling the business. Uh, it's just a really exciting phase uh, to be in. No, once as entrepreneurs, we truly find ways to leverage our time to scale our products and services. That's when things get really exciting. So on that note, Josh, what's your vision for the future? One billion leads. <laughs> <laughs> One billion leads. It's, it's, exactly. Um, it's, it's, uh, 
it, the vision, the vision for the future, you know, for us is, uh, I, I try not to look, you know, five years ahead because it's, that's really, you know, it's really too far. So I, I say, you know, my vision is really limited to like, okay, I know in the next six months we have to do, you know, X, Y, and Z to, to, uh, to really, uh, expand, uh, expand the business. And so the next couple of things we're really focused on are really kind of expanding the, the verticals right now. Um, about 60% of our customers come in their new businesses looking for a landing page. Um, and then there's a lot of people starting to use us about, you know, uh, about 20% are running some contests and about, you know, another 20% are doing, uh, are doing, you know, more traditional, uh, lead generation activities and finding more, you know, more verticals like that and helping the, uh, the contest vertical and the lead generation vertical in a deeper way. Um, is something that I think as we start to grow the company, we'll have we'll have time for it to look both you know for us to look deeper into those problem the, those problem spaces, um, and then also to you know build better you know build better landing pages, build better customer experiences around the landing pages in terms of you know the auto response email systems that go with it, how how helping people follow up with people that sign in because we know that you know from our experience the follow up was really important. How can we take that lesson of the follow up? of people that sign up and make that easier and trackable for people. Um, you know, how would, how would it have helped us And thinking through some of those challenges, I think is what, how we can grow because we don't just want to be, you know, anybody could put up, you know, a HTML template and a landing page. Um, but it's the experiences around that relating to the email, the Twitter, the social follow-up, the viral nature of, of our system. When, when somebody signs up, they get a unique link and helping people promote those things for themselves. Um, I, th- I think that's what I'm really excited about the vision going is creating a more complete, connected customer experience for the people using our products. So they're not just collecting email addresses; they're they're starting to build evangelists uh, around their around their brand. And that's another thing that's really exciting this day and age about the entrepreneurial world is that we no longer have to think or worry about these five, ten, twenty year plans because. The world is changing and the landscape is just altering so quickly that that is just wasted effort at this time. The best you can do is just have that six months of a vision, of a goal, work towards it, and then just keep your eyes and ears open to what your customers are telling you, what your competitors are telling you, what other successful people in the industry are doing, and continue to adjust off that so you can evolve and stay on that cutting edge of that wave. And speaking of Wave, we're going to give a wave to our sponsors, Ting and LegalZoom, as they make Entrepreneur on Fire free every day. Ting is a new mobile service that just makes sense. Are you tired of signing two-year contracts, paying for early termination fees, and constantly worrying about going over your minutes? With Ting, you don't have to worry about any of these things. Ting offers a truly unique service that simply charges you for what you use, nothing more, nothing less. With Ting, there are no add-on charges, no mysterious line items on your bill, and no hidden charges or recovery fees. Ting also offers a powerful online account control panel where you can view your usage, update your personal info, and view your monthly statements. Fire Nation, Ting has offered us a pretty sweet deal. If you go to fire.ting.com, you'll receive a $25 credit, good towards a new device or towards services. That's fire.ting.com. Now let's chat LegalZoom. Are you waiting for the perfect time to start your dream business, Fire Nation? Wait no more. LegalZoom wants to help you get started right. 
LegalZoom's award-winning service was developed by the best legal minds in the country, and every business they engage with gets personal attention from start to finish. That's why over 90% of LegalZoom customers would recommend the service to their family. So whether you're looking for help setting up an LLC, S-Corp, or sole proprietorship, LegalZoom will take care of you from start to finish. Visit LegalZoom.com to find the service that's right for you and jumpstart your new business today. LegalZoom is not a law firm, and it provides self-help services at your specific direction. There's so much more. Every LLC and incorporation package includes an easy-to-use business accounting software for a $269 value for free. Be sure to enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Fire Nation, protect what's yours. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Okay, now it's time for the lightning rounds. And this is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? It does. All right. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Fear and confidence that I, that I could do it. Uh, and then one day, um, uh, about a couple months before I, I quit, uh, I went to a startup conference. I met uh, Gary Tan. Uh, yeah. I was the founder of uh, Posterous. And I told him my story, and, and he, uh, he thought for a second. He wrote on a card, and he gave me a card. Uh, it was his business card. He just wrote on the back of it. And on the back of it, he said, I give you permission to do it. And uh, wow. to me, that was just really powerful. It was like that was the best thing anybody could have said to me at the time. It was like, you know, I really did have the experience. Like, I really did have the knowledge of how to build product. I really did have you know, a, a lot more experience than I had before in terms of around sales and marketing. And maybe I'd even waited too long to, uh, to, to, to start doing it. Well, that could also be the answer to the next question, but I'm not going to let you cheat and use it because the next question is, what is the best business advice you've ever received? And I love the, I give you permission to do it because it's freeing. It's kind of like a little slap in the face being like, Hey, what are you waiting for? Just get on with it. What do you like? You need, you need somebody's permission to do this, like get going. So what is the best business advice you've ever received, Josh? It really did kind of blend in together, but the one of my managers at Microsoft, and I had a couple of great managers uh, when I was there, and we were talking about um, you know shipping products, and he said, and I said, well, you know, we're probably going to miss this by a, by a month, and uh, we're looking at the schedule, and and he said, listen, if a business was going to fail because you were late to market or missed a date by by one or two months, you're either in the wrong business or building the wrong product, and so I gives you permission to, to be a little patient in this rush that a lot of startups have of working people 60 hours a week to get things out. And the realization is that if you're, if you're doing that, you have to question, are you, are you building the wrong thing? Or are you in the wrong business? If that rush is that important. Um, it's not that you shouldn't be working hard or, and, and working smart. It's just, it, it's, it's just you, know, you have to question that all the time. No, great insights. What's something that's working for you right now? I, it's it's one of the themes from the interview is it's always you know work for us. Like I said, uh, I thought we knew something about marketing. We started, we really didn't. Um, and but the one thing that has always worked for us is supporting customers beyond their expectations. Um, it's amazing to me um, how low a bar most people have for great customer service. Um, I felt bad. I, I answered a customer. We got to a customer support email one time, and it was about you know twenty six hours later after it was filed because I could see it kind of get gotten lost. And he wrote back to me and said, wow, that was an amazingly quick answer. And he, and he wasn't being sarcastic. And I thought, man, 
people have such a low bar for great customer service. If you can just, you know, nail that bar, even if you're, you know, it makes up for a lot of, uh, for a lot of things that might be wrong or, or you think could be better about your product is just, you know, setting that bar for a better customer experience. Do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? As a stats guy, it's uh, uh, Kissmetrics. Uh, it's what, um, so they they uh, make doing those sales funnels and measuring that first five minutes um, really easy and, I can, and and they visualize it so you can see what's improving week to week. Um, and so without that, it wouldn't, I, I, I'd feel like I wouldn't be able to know, you know where people get hung up and what to improve uh, every week. Great stuff. We'll be linking that up and everything else we talk about in this interview, entrepreneuronfire.com slash Josh Ledgard. If you could recommend one book for Fire Nation, Josh, what would it be? I really enjoyed uh, Predictably Irrational. Um, it helps you, know, you understand why you make maybe some irrational choices in your life, but then also you start. You have to question all the time why customers choose what they choose or don't choose what they what they choose, and uh, and the the case studies they present in the book um, are are really worth uh, really worth reading. And then you know beyond that, the the four hour work week, of course, is just you know, the realization that you know sixty hour work week isn't necessarily helping your business. If you're doing that, you're maybe doing it for yourself. It might not be that you're doing that for your customers all the time. Love it. So Josh, this next question is my favorite, but it's kind of tricky. So take your time, digest it, then come back at us with an answer. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? It's a great question because it there is, it spawns so many good answers from uh, from other people and other other guests that you've had, um, and I think it just goes back to what you know what what makes me happy in, in terms of I think that everybody has to be their first um, their first customers. You look at how you get your first customer. Your first customer is you. If you're not happy with both what you're building, how you're spending your time, and the customers that you're serving. If those three things don't work for you, you don't like the people that you're building something for, you don't like right. what you're building, you're not going to like you like your business. And I don't believe necessarily that you have to be ultimately passionate about something because if I followed my passion, I'd be you know trying to play professional baseball, but that wasn't going to work out for me. <laughs> um, and so I think what I would do uh, is uh, I think I spent a, a lot of that time um, you know, just listening to conversations, going to you know public places, going to some meetups, just seeing what what problems people are have, what kind of people are out there, you know, because you've plunked me down on this new world identical to Earth. So theoretically, I don't necessarily have many you know connections or people that I know about or you know what's going on there. So um, I, I want to find out you know what's going on. You know, hey, what what are the common challenges that people have, and then of those challenges, what are interesting to me, and you know what type of people did I like did I like uh, working with the best, and from there. Um, you know, starting to, you know, kind of starting, hey, what can I really do to, you know, where are the, and now I've found these, these challenges and I found some puzzle pieces by listening and reading and see what's going on. Now, can I start to kind of pitch and have conversation with these people about, hey, what if I took this, this, and this? And I think I just naturally would want to do that. I love that be your first customer because for me at Entrepreneur on Fire, that's exactly the mentality that I took. You know, I had loved podcasts for a number of years up to the point that I had my aha moment for Entrepreneur on Fire. 
And I just realized that, hey, there's some great podcasts out there, but nobody's doing inspiring interviews with all these incredible entrepreneurs seven days a week. Nobody's doing it. And I know that I would consume it. I drive to work every day. I go to the gym every day. I'm walking my dog. There's times I'm consuming all of this. This is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. So I created Entrepreneur on Fire to kind of fill the void that I felt that I had out there in the marketplace. Coming up here, the current month that we're at, we're on pace for over 200,000 unique downloads in over 145 countries. Just like that growth you had at Kickoff Labs because you were your first customer, you knew what you wanted, you needed. It's great, valuable information for listeners to just really hold on to. And Josh, we're going to bring this back to the great actionable advice that you've given us this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, share how we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. That's kind of what I wanted to leave people with is is, is just finding finding that one uh, that one bit of uh, that that one thing that you like to do the things that you want to you, you want the people that you want to be around and just make sure you're surrounding yourselves with those people and the and those challenges um, because I, I think that's where a lot of people they get burned out quickly or that they, they don't make it um, and then the other, since I mentioned that and that's kind of cheating. Um, the other piece of advice that I have problem with with uh, a lot of the startup community out in the Seattle area is charge money. Don't be afraid to uh, to you know either whether and that's charge money whether that's you know taking on advertisers, taking on sponsors. If you don't start seeing that 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 revenue to to what you're doing, you might say, "Oh, I'm experimenting. I'm trying to find product market fit." But to me. People vote with their dollars. If you're not getting votes with dollars, it's time to you know, and, and you don't see those numbers improving uh, after a short while. It's time to you know pick something else or change what you're doing a little bit um, because it's it's and and you know personally it's motivating because it's hey it's direct. Somebody thought this was valuable enough. They're paying me money for it, and even if that was just one person that paid that ten dollars that month, it was a little bit of a validation. That wasn't really validation until we started seeing the growth, but. It was more motivational that if we were doing that in a private beta or a longer, you know, extended beta, um, and we tried to make up for the fact that we had essentially launched a beta with great customer support, and that's that's very possible to do. Um, and in terms of how people can connect with me, um, I, have a, I have a blog I post to occasionally at uh, joshledgard.com, um, and then uh, you know there's some more. Uh, you can contact me uh, information there, but I'm uh, josh at kickofflabs.com. Um, if people want to send me email, ask me any, any questions, um, I'm pretty good at, uh, at, at answering, uh, answering questions that people, people want to send to me. Cause I, like I said, I like these customers. I like helping people and, uh, it's fun to, to look at other people's challenges, uh, as a break throughout the day occasionally. Well, Josh, we'll be linking all this up in the show notes and just to kind of harp upon that last point that you made that I think again is so powerful there's just a lot of false motivation out there that entrepreneurs grasp onto. I mean, you can walk up to anybody and say, hey, if I build this, would you buy that? And they would be like, oh yeah, definitely for sure. But the reality is people do vote with their wallets. And until they're actually opening up those wallets and forking over their hard-earned money, you don't really know if what you have is a service or a product that people really want. So you're so right. Don't be afraid to charge money. People do vote with their wallets. Josh, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, your experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. Fire Nation. My first book, Podcast Launch, is now live at Amazon. 
In this book, I share all and have created a step-by-step process for launching your podcast. The FIRE bonus is 15 video tutorials that I included with the purchase. You join me as I walk us step-by-step through each process visually, and by the end, you will be a podcasting pro. Pick up your copy at podcastlaunch.com. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.